In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello, welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and this series is in cooperation with Cinda Virtual, which brings you thought leaders and business stories from all over the world. Now, you can learn more about Cinda on www.cinda.org. Now, we don't only bring you thought leaders from all over the world, but we also have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new to the series, let me tell you what this series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what the impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence, digital transitions, and data protection regulations, to leadership issues such as gender balance and business values and ethics that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please listen to us live. We're on every Tuesday, 3 p.m. specific time. And if you miss us live, don't worry about it because we're on every major podcast platform from Apple to Google to Stitcher to Spotify. Uh, Just look up Leadership Beyond Borders and you'll find us all over the web. Now, if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we'll make sure you take away something useful for either your business or for yourself. Now, on to today's episode. It's kind of this kind of fun subject for me to talk about today, you know, and I'm looking at it. I started to to look at the subject from a consumer point of view. And as a consumer, uh, if a product or a service does not meet my expectations, I usually take some time to think about it before I file a complaint or make a complaint. And half the time, I find myself not complaining because complaining can be exhausting as a customer. And sometimes you do it and you really don't get any results. On the other hand, if I find something's really terribly wrong, then I move forward with a complaint. But I always kind of feel like this big bully when I'm complaining. And when the product and service does not fulfill the contract, you know, it's hard to to deal with customer service people sometimes today, especially today. And I recently had this experience and I came out of a complaint discussion really exhausted as a consumer. So what's going on? I mean, what are companies doing in this area of complaints? Do companies understand that complaints might be able to help them improve? And do they understand how to train their staff? Well, our guest today is an expert on customer service and complaints. Our guest today is Jen. Janelle Barlow, PhD, and she's an award-winning speaker, trainer, consultant, and author who translates research into practical tools to improve customer service and complaint handling. She has recently released the third edition of her bestseller, which has sold more than 275,000 copies to date, and the book is A Complaint is a Gift, How to Learn from Critical Feedback and Recover Customer Loyalty. Janelle offers essential tools for treating each customer complaint as a source for transforming businesses. The book is available on Amazon and a fantastic 
Chanel works with customer service representatives, managers, and entire companies, both in the U.S. and internationally, to help them recover and retain customer loyalty. So, Janelle, welcome to the show today. Thank you, Kimberly. I'm happy to be here. Okay. Let me just start with like a kind of kind of a general question, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, is it in our human nature to complain? Or, I, I, I mean... I, I know people complain a lot. I know people who don't, but you know, is it kind of just natural for us to want to complain? Well, wanting to complain and actually complaining, I think, are two different things. I think we want to complain a lot of the times, and we don't <laughs> necessarily do it. I just had an experience recently where I had a, a trees and bushes uh, removed from my property, and the the first time I had hired this guy, he did a great job, and this time he he's the instructions did not get followed. And so I was left with a bunch of extra work and I have not complained to them. He has, he asked me to fill out an evaluation form. I haven't done that. And I'm watching my reaction, trying to learn from what's going on with me because there is such a hesitancy to let this guy who I know, uh, to let this guy know that they really didn't do an adequate job. Uh, mm-hmm. There's, I, I just, I wish I could wrap my hands around it. It's almost like I failed him. And of course, that's not the case. But I, I do know this, whatever I say to him, he's probably going to get defensive. Mm-hmm. And when you mention that you get exhausted by complaining, yeah. I think that's part of it is running into that defensiveness is, it's, it's, it, it takes a lot of emotional energy to do that. Now, sometimes I have no problem at all about complaining. Uh, but when I know somebody and I've been doing business with them for a while, it becomes even more difficult. And I think businesses really need to take a look at that. Your loyal customers, they are the ones who actually complain more than uh, other you know, one-off customers or transactional customers. Uh, and part of the reason for that is, is that those people want to come back and do more business with you, so they want you to get better. Uh, but at the same time, that law, that relationship makes it more difficult uh, to complain. Yeah, we see this in our personal relationships as well. We're, we just aren't letting the universe know. And why is it? I th- I'm, I'm willing to acknowledge that it's probably me rather than the person who didn't fulfill what they said they were going to do. I just haven't thought this through completely, but I think there's something in there that uh, if we could understand it better, we'd get better at getting more complaints and uh, at responding to them. Yeah. And, and, you know, you're right. I mean, that that kind of hesitant is what I just said, you know, in my intro. I mean, I get like that. But I, I just want to kind of stay in a high level for a minute on just yes. this nature of complaining. Um, do you think because we work in, in, in a, a, a multi an international environment now? And mm-hmm. do you think there's cultural aspects to this? Do you think, you know, some cultures have a tendency to complain more than others? Well, um, you know, I live in Czech Republic and Germany um, or the U.S. You know, do you think do you think culture plays a role in in this at all? I think so. Uh, I've never seen any really really solid research about it, though. But they all suggest that there are differences. Some of the more hot cultures, let us say, they're willing to speak up. Uh, Americans are quite direct, but at the same time, I don't get a sense that we complain more than other people. Other. Mm-hmm. 
some cultures have like admonitions built in, like the British, they talk about, you know, I keep a stiff upper lip mm-hmm. and then basically stop, you know, don't say anything. So, uh, yes, there are. I do know in Asia, there's there's people don't complain a lot there. It's, you know, it's considered bad form. You don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's very circumstantial. And at the same time, there are definitely differences. Mm-hmm. I yeah. travel around the world a lot and I can see that difference. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I kind of feel that too. Um, and, and that brings me to my next question on a complaints. Okay. What, mm-hmm. what is the difference between complaint and feedback? Because I think we mix that up sometimes. Yes, we do. Well, I think that they are interchangeable words. I mean, if I say to you, I have some feedback for you, mm-hmm. that probably means I've got something negative to say. And then complaints, here, here, feedback could be positive or negative. Let's say that. Complaints are always about something bad that happened. Mm-hmm. You don't complain to tell them something good that happened. So that's one of the differences between the two. But they are pretty much interchangeable terms. At least that's how people use them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think people use them because it, it's kind of easier for me to say, well, I have some feedback, even if it's negative, than say I have a complaint? Sure. Okay. <laughs> of course. You know, I've worked with some companies who say to me, unless they say that it's a complaint, we don't treat it as a complaint. And boy, they're missing out on a lot. <laughs> because yeah. sometimes even complaints come in in the form of questions. You know, if somebody says to you, why aren't you open after eight o'clock at night? That's a complaint. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It is. They're saying, I want you to be open after eight o'clock at night and you're not. So uh, that's negative feedback. So these, you know, we're we're not real precise about all these things. The whole field of customer service is a rather vague, amorphous field. And yet researchers try to ask very specific questions, which could be interpreted multiple ways by consumers. So it's very hard to get a handle on all of this. Yeah. Well, you you say in your book, and and I'm going to use that, you know, not being open after eight. You you talk in your book about a complaint is really an expectation that hasn't been met. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, but people kind of view complainers as like cheaters or trying to get something. So can, can you talk about that a little bit? Yes. Yeah. Well, if you look at the the number of words in the dictionary for complaint, there's dozens, there's just dozens of them, and most of them. I mean, in fact, practically all of them are negative about the person who is speaking up. Uh, so yes, there's. <laughs> if we have a built-in prejudice against that, you know, oh, she never says anything, or he never says anything, like you know, like that's some sort of holier-than-thou attribute <laughs> about somebody. But actually, complaining helps the person that you give that feedback to to do something about it if they want to. Mm-hmm. At a minimum, they can talk with you in such a way so that you don't feel like walking off and never coming back again. And that really is the heart of the matter right there, because businesses are leaving an awful lot of money on the table uh, with complaining customers. You know, they, 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 they may think that they've handled something, but that customer is not coming back again. And for me, that is the real test. Is that customer going to come back mm-hmm. and do business with you again? In the business world, that's what it is. In our families, it's the same thing. Yeah, you know, if we complain in our families, are they going to walk off and leave you, and you'll never see them again, or are you going to work something out? So there's, there's, you know, you 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 stay or you leave, you walk or you leave, one or the other. That's pretty much what happens. Yeah. 
And, and, and you know, I'm, I'm using that example of the um, kind of eight o'clock and, you know, that you're right. That's a complaint, mm-hmm. you know, not being open, but it's kind of disguised in a different yes, way. Yes. In a question. Yes. And you, you talk about there's different kinds of complaints. OK, mm-hmm. can you talk about those a little bit? So which specific part of the book are you referring to? As a different- so I, 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 I kind of think you talk about they, they come in different types, like questions is a complaint yeah. or, right. you know, there is, um, you know, a complaint on wanting, you know, leaving or saying I'm leaving or That's something right. like that. Yeah. That's right. It's a, some of them are threats uh, and some of them are uh, attacks. Uh, mm-hmm. And But hopefully, I mean, the best kind of complaint is the person who wants to continue doing business with you and they're telling you, make this change. Now, even if you don't make that change, they may still stay with you if you handle it well. But if you don't handle it well, they're telling you, you run the risk of losing me. And that's where the money gets left on the table. Businesses aren't paying attention to that carefully enough. Is this a customer I can recover for my business? I mean, it's like sales. You wouldn't, in sales, you wouldn't get to the point where you're asking for the order and then and then get rid of them. You wouldn't do that. Right. But in, in complaints, it's what frequently happens is that those customer service representatives don't conclude it out in such a way so that you want to stay with them. Yeah, and and that makes sense. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to take a short yes. break, and okay. then when we come back, I want to I want to talk about that. I want to talk about because in your book is you know looking at complaints as gifts, mm-hmm. and and um, you know what happens really when you don't follow through on that. Okay? okay, you know what happens to the business, and that's what we're going to talk when we get back from the break. And for our guest today, we are talking to Janelle Barlow, PhD, and she's an award-winning speaker, trainer, consultant, and author who translates research into practical tools to improve customer service and complaint handling. And she has recently released the third edition of her bestseller, which has more than 275,000 copies sold to date. And the book is available on Amazon, and it is called A Complaint is a Gift, How to Learn from Critical Feedback and Recover Customer Loyalty. Now, Janelle has a website under www.janellebarlow, which you can learn about her trainings and and other information about her sessions. So please go to www.janellebarlow.com. She is also on Facebook under janelle.barlow.3 and on LinkedIn under Janelle Barlow. And her other social media is www.acomplaintisagift.com. So please reach out to Janelle. And this broadcast is brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. They hold virtual pieces of training, conferences, do market research, legislative white papers focused on digital. They also have an e-learning platform for entrepreneurs and founders, which stakes entrepreneurs and founders from idea to exit. You can find all this on their website on www www.cinda.org and they also have conferences and their next conference will be held in the fall October 22nd to 25th in Porto, Portugal. So again go to www.cinda.org to check that out and with that we are going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. 
Calling all CFOs, finance, and risk professionals. Your call to action is to help your company achieve financial excellence. How? Master finance and risk management, efficiencies, and cost control, plus strategic decision-making to increase profitability by implementing game-changing technology advances such as machine learning and predictive capabilities, in-memory computing, analytics, plus mobile and cloud deployments, and more. Where? Learn from top thought leaders on financial excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP on the Business Channel. Tune in each week for the Labenthal Report with hosts Dominic Tavella and Michael Hartzman. The Labenthal Report keeps you in tune with market conditions, investment opportunities, and outlooks based on the stories and headlines to keep you in touch with your financial success. Are you picking the right financial path? Find out by listening to the Labenthal Report live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And and today we're talking about customer service and complaints handling. And, um, you know, this is a kind of a subject that really lies in my heart because um, in the beginning, Janelle and I were talking and I kind of sit on the fence sometimes when I, before I complain. And, um, and Janelle Barlow is an expert in this area. And she is an award-winning speaker, trainer, consultant, and author who translates research into practical tools to improve customer service and complaint handling. And she has recently released the third edition of her bestseller, which has more more than 275,000 copies sold to date. And the book is available on Amazon and it's called A Complaint is a Gift, How to Learn from Critical Feedback and Recover Customer Loyalty. And with just saying the name of your book, Janelle, I'm going to start with that. Um, You talk about complaints as gifts. So can you explain that to us? Well, the major reason, uh, reasons why complaints are gifts is they tell us what the customer wants. And if the customer doesn't tell us, we don't know. 
if they tell us what they want, it's the least expensive marketing tool around. Otherwise, you're going to have to go out and do marketing research, which is really very expensive and not necessarily all that accurate all the time. Uh, it tells you who's loyal. And the loyal customers are the ones who are most likely to complain. Because if I'm only going to do business with you once, why should I bother wasting my mm-hmm. time? Yeah. So the loyal, just assume if somebody complains to you, they are a loyal customer or they want to be a loyal customer. Uh, They're still talking with you if they're complaining because they could be out telling everybody else in the world. That's a fourth reason why complaints are gift. And the the fifth one is, and this was my favorite one, it's a chance to keep that customer and actually build a stronger relationship with them. Now, why wouldn't we, with all those reasons, why wouldn't we treat that complaint as gift? But we don't. Mm -hmm. When that customer comes up to us, if we can literally imagine that they've got a gift in their hand and they're about to give it to us, what we would do is we would say, oh, my gosh, thank you. Thank you. You shouldn't have. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And, you know, we, we that's how we are around gifts is we thank people, even if we don't want them, even if we're thinking, what are they thinking? I don't want that. I'm going to give that to somebody else. We still are polite. And what happens is if you start with that in your mind and then you say, thank you, I I literally start off with thank you. What you do is you create a communication chain. And the communication chain is if I say thank you to you, you in turn would probably say you're welcome. Now, what we've got then is a polite exchange of information that's going to help us when we work through why it is that you are disappointed with what I offered you, because that's what a complaint is. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it, that that's really interesting because I'm thinking I want to I want to stay with the first thing on it gives mm-hmm. you what customers want. OK, yes. because it, it, it's, it's kind of. You know, some of the customer service people I speak to, and we're going to talk about, you know, the skills later, but, you know, just, um, I don't know if they realize that I'm trying to tell them what I want, okay, Um, that it's just kind of a reaction to say, oh, sorry, or this, Um, you know, do companies understand that, that we're really actually saying, you know, in your example in the first, um, you know, Mm -hmm. you're not open to eight o'clock, you know. Uh, how, how do we get companies to realize that that's a gift? Okay. <laughs> I hear the frustration and I experience that all the time. I, some companies are pretty good at it. And some mm-hmm. companies have bought into the philosophy of a complaint is a gift. Some of them have. They, I think everybody could get better at it. The thing that I notice is that it's when you look at, say, a thousand people, you know, maybe you're going to have 800 like this and 200 like this. You're never going to get all of them on the same page together. You're never going to get all those complaints meaning the same things. It's just not going to happen. So you have to start off with I'm going to this is a gift and maybe it's going to be a difficult, awful gift, but it's I'm going to start there. That's the mindset. And if businesses could develop that mindset I think some companies do. For example, Apple computers, I have no question, they see complaints as gifts. I've worked mm-hmm. with a number of clients who have taught their staff that complaints are gifts. They live it, they breathe it, and they act on it with customers. And what a difference it makes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you know, when you're looking at a gift, I have a question because, you mm-hmm. know, complaints come in all, all different types today. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a tendency today, and, and this is statistically proven in, in the digital world, that, that people 
some people just like to send emails, okay, or send mm -hmm. online, you know, um, and, um, you know, uh, we've, I've seen studies where people don't like to talk to people uh, anymore. Uh, that's not me, but I've seen studies that, you know, the Generation Z would rather send a WhatsApp or a complaint or talk with a bot, okay? So how do you, how do you kind of take those kind of communications and decipher what the customer wants and keep engagement with them. Yeah. Well, you know, what, what you're speaking to, again, is that whole business of that we're not all the same. Yeah. And uh, so we kind of have to feel our way through this, but it's not going to hurt you to start off with the mindset of this customer's talking with me because they want to engage me in getting to do something better for them. Mm -hmm. I mean, just start with that assumption then now what is it that you want how can i help you with that it's a mindset it directs your questions it directs your attitudes and uh you uh, and and you, you just don't have this hostility towards them there are kimberly a lot of techniques for dealing with complaints there are and and some of them are remarkably good but the, the best thing is an overall umbrella is for people to really talk about complaints as gifts rather than what's wrong with that customer. What a picky person that is who showed up today. Mm -hmm. You know, we start off with that attitude and we are not going to be getting any gifts from them and we're not going to get any good information. It just creates hostility between the person who's giving the feedback and the person who is receiving it. It's easy to get into a hostile frame of mind when this happens. Mm -hmm. But, but you know, if we're looking at it as gifts, a lot of companies then, they, they you know, set up quotas to try to reduce complaints, okay? Yes, and, and um, you know, why did... Why do they do that? I mean, is it they don't want to get into the just engagement with the customer or they they're not seeing the value? You know, I, I think it, at different levels of the organization, complaints are perceived differently, but it really does start at the top. And at the very top, some some, or, some companies, I have a talk with organizations when they say to me, I, I, I don't want any more complaints. And I say to them, well, that's good luck with that. <laughs> this is the this is the imperfect world. But they they really think that they have done the best when they have stopped getting complaints. That is not when they have done the best. All that means is that their staff are hiding those complaints from them. And boy, staff are good at it. They pick up all the signals mm. when the manager says, I'm sick and tired of hearing about this. Well, help believe me, the staff will help you not hear about it anymore. <laughs> They'll just not tell you anymore. And that is a real shame because then you've lost that point of contact communication with the customer who's letting you know about your business and why it isn't working for them. You just think about it. It's so it's so logical. But a lot of very senior level people, really, they are run you, big corporation. And you've got all of your charts and you've got all these people who are making up this, these research statistics for you and they show them to you and you see that complaints have gone up in a certain area. That doesn't look good. And mm -hmm. so then the senior level person says, I want to see this stopped. I want to see this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And it, it does, it stops, and then, but nothing got fixed. It just that you changed this, the check marks on the, on the Excel spreach, uh, sheets that you've been given. That's all that happens. I, I, and I'm, I know I, those employees are really good at hiding things too. Um, but yeah, and you talk about you talk about that. You said you know when you when you look at them as a gift and you talk about that um, that 
you know, when complaints are well handed, uh, handled, it can build um, organizational agility, trust, and empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, can, can you talk about that a little bit? Well, sure. I mean, it, all you have to do is put yourself in the person of the person who's in the shoes of the person who has just complained. And if if that company takes responsibility for it, it doesn't mean they're necessarily going to be able to fix it or that they want mm-hmm. to fix it because it may not match their business model. But at least you understand that they know what you've gone through and they're sorry that that has happened and they're going to help you do a workaround. Do we have time for a quick example? Uh, sure, uh, sure, sure. Yep, yep. And this is my one of my favorite examples. It's with at Apple Computers. Uh, I went in with one of my computers to be fixed at the Genius Bar and I was standing there waiting to be helped and a little boy, maybe five, six years of age, his slightly older sister and his mother came in. And the little boy was clearly upset. And uh, somebody came out and said, is there anything I can do to help you? And the little boy held out his hand. And in it was a uh, an iPhone that had, was all cracked and broken. And I'm thinking, oh, oh boy, these <laughs> I know. that little kid, that an iPhone, that's something. And and he looked at it, he said, he, and the little kid was in, he said, I, I dropped it. And and the man said, well, I, I, can see, I, I can see that. He said, yeah, this isn't going to work. And he said, he, he took it gently out of the little boy's hand. He said, let me see what I can do. Now, those are like magical words because mm-hmm. it offers hope. It offers hope. So the guy walks away. He goes to the little back room they have behind the genius bars. And he was there for a little while. I have no idea what he was doing, telling jokes, using the facilities, eating something. I don't know. But anyway, he comes out a little bit later and he has a brand new box of an iPhone in his hand. And he walks over to the little boy and he said, you know, we don't normally do this, but you're such a special little child, little boy. I'm going to give you this new iPhone. Well, this little kid was just ecstatic. And, of course, the sister was not so happy at that point. (laughs) And the guy says to him, now, over there on that counter, you'll see there are some covers that you can buy for this phone so that when you drop it, because you will, (laughs) when you drop it, it won't break. And, you know, a lifelong customer went out at that point. And then up came a middle-aged man, and he also had an iPhone in his hand. This one was really severely broken, and he talks to me. He said, uh, I ran over it with my car. And uh, the the, the Apple person said, well, you know, we don't cover (laughs) damage done by running your car. But he takes it. He said, let me see what I can do. It's the same phrase. Let me see what I can do. It's filled with hope. Yep. And and he walks to the back room, stays back there again for a while, comes out with another new Apple box. And he says to the guy, I can't give you a complete replacement because we don't cover that. He said, but I can take $100 off the purchase of a new iPhone. Well, that guy was really happy as well. And he walks away probably as a lifelong customer from then on in as well. And that's taking care of the customer. It's and every scene, every single situation is different. Because every single human is different. So you've got people need to be trained. You can't just give people scripts. Mm-hmm. And you can hear when you've gotten a script when you've had a complaint. Yeah, yeah, Ab- absolutely. I can think of that, and I think I think we're getting better. And that's a fantastic story. And um, and we're going to take a break. And when we come back, I want to kind of stay with that story because because you talk about and talk about you know, training people, because you talk about um, that, you know, 
the human connection is really important, okay? And how you get these customer service people to realize that and train people. We'll talk about that when we get back. Um, I love that the Apple story is really sweet. <laughs> okay, so, uh, so uh, for our for our listeners today, uh, we're talking to Janelle Barlow, PhD, and she's an award-winning speaker, trainer, consultant, and author who translates research into practical tools to improve customer service and complaint handling. And she has just released the third edition of her bestseller, which has sold more than two hundred and seventy-five thousand copies to date. And the book is called "A Complaint Is a Gift: How to." learn from critical feedback and recover customer loyalty. Now you can go to her website under www.janellebarlow.com and she has information on her trainings and her sessions there. You can also go to www.acomplaintisagift.com and Janelle is also on LinkedIn under Janelle Barlow and on Facebook under janellebarlow.com. And so please reach out to her. And this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. They hold virtual trainings, conferences, do market research, and legislative white papers focused on a digital transition. They also have an e-learning platform for founders and entrepreneurs. And this platform is free for founders and entrepreneurs and takes them from idea to exit so please go to www.cinda.org under cinda for startups and look at that and they also have a conference coming up in october and it's october 22nd to 25th in porto portugal so you can find more information about that under www.cinda.org and with that we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. Everyone deserves the opportunity to have access to the knowledge to make their own choices when it comes to where their money goes. Listening to Making More Money for You with Magnus Carter will give you that access. Investing isn't just for the wealthy. Making more money for you. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at leadershipforuminc.com. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. You 
are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we're talking about customer service, customer loyalty, and the handling of complaints. And we're talking with an expert today, and uh, her name is Janelle Barlow, PhD, and she's an award-winning speaker, training consultant, and author who translates research into practical tools about customer service and complaint handling. And she's an author, and she has a uh, third uh, her third release of her bestseller, which has already sold more than 275,000 companies. And the book is available on Amazon, and it's called A Complaint is a Gift, How to Learn from Critical Feedback and Recover Customer Loyalty. So, Janelle, before the break, you told that one wonderful story about the apple. And um, in your book, you talk about resolving com- complaints and and why resolving them needs a human connection. I think the example was perfect of the human connection with the little boy and even the man. But um, can you talk about that a little bit? Right. Yeah. Well, and there's there's a guy named Scott Brotsman who has been doing a lot of research on rage and customer complaints. And he's really clear that one of the things that's making people so upset today as as customers is because we can't deal with real live humans. We've these systems that many organizations have set up are they're designed to make the customer go ballistic. But I want to say this, Kimberly, I think that learning how to handle complaints well is a lifetime learning process. It's not something that one technique is going to work or this. I I realize I'm still in the process of learning. And and it didn't get mentioned, but in addition to the complaint is a gift, uh, I have a partner named Victoria Holtz, and she and I wrote a book called A Complaint is a Gift Workbook, 101 Activities to Get What You Want. Yes. And what we have in there are a whole series of different kinds of skills and competencies that people need. You just cannot hand over a script to an individual who's new because most of these people who are handling complaints are young and give them this. And then you say to them here, just just give them the information about the product and then say you're sorry. And that's it. And that just is not going to work as we all well know on the receiving end of that. It's not going to as nice as that person might be. It is not going to work. You have to have more skill sets than that to handle people who are upset. It's one of the most difficult things in the world is dealing with people when they're not happy, when they're upset and when they're threatening you with leaving. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and you said something important because, I mean, lifetime learning and I, I, gosh, I, I think back to one of my first positions and, um, and I would run away in the corner when I heard a customer complain, you know, know, like, oh my God, you take care of this. Okay. Um, But, you know, what you said was really important. These, we got a lot of young people. Okay. A lot of new people and, you know, the emotional intelligence might not be there, you know, how do we bring or speed them up to try to at least be able to get this communication? Um, And I'm thinking, I'm going to add to this question a little bit, uh, add a little gas to the fire, especially when we're dealing with Gen Z, who don't communicate anyways, okay? (laughs) 
Yeah. Well, yes, some of them are not very good, but you find them throughout all of the generations. Yeah. I've yet I've yet to see any clear description of any single generation. <laughs> so much variation there. But it's it's great that you've asked that question because I'm working on another book. Uh, it's it's about 12 best practices for what managers need to do to lead teams of people who are doing this kind of work. And it's all about living and behaving and teaching and reinforcing the whole business of emotional intelligence. And for example, one thing that I think really is important is that people who work doing do this kind of work, that they have an opportunity to get with people who are on their teams who are doing the same thing and to talk about it. You know, and then you could say, and look, I had a customer and this is what happened. I'm not so sure I handled it well. What would you have done? And to get that feedback from each other, they're going to real quickly figure out there's no one single answer to these questions. You have to be very agile, very quick on your feet, and you have to listen and you have to have empathy. I mean, there are so many skill sets that are involved here. And managers are the ones who have to lead this. They have to demonstrate it, and they have to ask for it, and they have to coach for it. And I don't think most managers really want to do that. I think they just want to hire people who they can put in these in these call centers and say, "Do this." Uh, it's just not that it, it's it's not that easy to make a good call center team that way. It's just not. And, and um, I'm going to kind of ask for a little preview into your new book coming up on 12 best practices. I mean, um, I don't need to know all 12, but if you had like three three practices that you think were quite important, what would they be? Uh, well, uh, one thing you want to do is you want to make sure that your complaint handling matches your brand, your brand position. So if your brand position is friendly, if your brand position, whatever it is, that you, your complaint handling matches that. Uh, if you're thorough, if you're high quality, whatever that brand position is, you want to deliver that and make sure that your complaint handling is lined up with that. Uh, that sounds easy, but it, it it is critical and starts the thinking about this. Um, I another really good one is is to set up a uh, a an approach where you don't call customers names because people not to their faces. Of course, we don't do that, but people do that all the time behind their backs. They uh, or or they write notes in their charts. You know, like a picky customer or a jerk, or I won't say all the words that they name. Uh, I've sat in call centers and watched people on those phones and and they do things like, you know, they stick their finger down their throat to act as if they're gagging or all kinds of nasty little gestures. And what this does is it creates an us versus them Mm. feeling. And, and, And you don't know what brought that customer to that point. You just absolutely have no idea what that customer is going through. And so if you just get into the habit of never, ever calling those customers names, I don't know what was going on with that customer, but this is a difficult call. That's better than what a jerk this person called me and just wanted to complain about the tiniest little things that we do. I mean, the whole difference in those approaches is uh, is complete. And I mean, uh, let me let me just choose one more than you said three of them. Yeah. Really need to be clear about your mindset. The organization needs to take a stand about what a complaint is. And that's where a complaint is a gift comes in. Uh, 
we are a company who believes that when you complain, you are giving us a gift and we are going to respond that way. And if you can get that well into everybody's mind, I mean, those are three really good practices. I got these incidentally asking people in companies, what are your best practices? I didn't ask them what their worst practices were, but what are your best practices? And it was amazing to me how they they settle down into 12 categories and you can managers can work with this that can become part of their job description is to get their uh, customer service representatives their CSRs to get them to see complaints as something that is useful for the company and not something to be avoided mm-hmm. uh, it's possible no. I mean, those are good through three great examples, and I can't wait to the book comes out to read all twelve. Um, and when you were saying that, I was thinking, uh, you know, I, I, the brand one I never thought about. That's really that's really interesting one. Um, and and the mindset, and just staying in the mindset for a minute. You know, we talked about a lot of young people, emotional intelligence, trying to get them kind of up to speed and training. Um, but, you know, sometimes there are some difficult, really difficult customer complaints and talk about diffusing. Okay, how do you really prepare your customer service representatives, or your staff to diffuse situations? I mean, that's that's tough for all of us to do, yes, no matter is. how much experience we have. You, you, you bet it is. And, and I mean, one of the really important obligations is to make sure that your staff, staff is safe. So there are clues, you know, that when your customer gets to this point, you want to ask for help because we don't want to put our service representatives in a position where they're going to be attacked. They do. You know, they do. I mean, uh, in the United States with all the guns here, you know, Mm -hmm. there have been people who have been shot by the customers. So you you have to accept that as a. as a reality, uh, and then and then you just want to you know, show them the whole range of what people do. And here's one of the things that people do, is they have what are called go-to responses. You know, this happens. My go-to response is this. And what you you the the service representative needs to understand that they also have a go-to response. So the customer comes in and is nasty. Their go-to response is, well, who do you think you are? Look at you. You know, that is a go-to response. And people need to identify them. And when they feel them coming on, it's to stop them. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and a really easy way to stop them is by asking a question when somebody's really upset. And that is, uh, is there anything I can do to help you? Or is there anything wrong? Or are you feeling okay? And those are empathetic questions. And if if you're really upset and I say to you, Kimberly, is is everything okay? You're not gonna continue attacking me. You're gonna realize that I've just asked a question that cuts to the core of something that's bothering you. Yeah, a super skill. Use it with the kids. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. Because um, these young people, they're they are responding to complaints the way that they did with their brothers and sisters, which is, "Mommy, so and so said this to me," and then they start <laughs> whacking their brother and sister, and you can't carry that into the business world, obviously. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, I mean, this has been great. We're getting towards the end of the show. So I just want to, you know, we have a lot of executives. We have a lot of managers. Um, this is a business show. And so kind of, you know, I've read your book. There's a lot of great information. You have the new book, the the, the 12 best practices coming up. Um, you have the workbook. Um, if you had to have one message for executives out 
there. Kind of what would be your concluding message about going forward and 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 trying to build the best customer service that you can? I think it has to do with mindset. And I and I thought about this so carefully. You know, you look at any field that organizations have to handle, sales, it has to do with the mindset that determines how that salesperson is effective. You look at quality and manufacturing, it has to do with the mindset of the people who are doing the, the manufacturing. And with complaint handling, there's a mindset, and that is what's going on in this exchange? And if you can get your brain to say, ah, here comes a gift, okay? They look a little upset, but still, it's a gift. Now, how am I gonna respond to that? And people can learn how, I have learned how to do that. I automatically now, as I see I'm receiving gifts when people complain, I automatically say, thank you so much for letting me know I am truly sorry that this has happened and I'm gonna do everything I can to take care of this. Now, that other person, that customer is gonna settle down when they hear that. Yeah, it's great, great advice is to look at that as a gift. And um, and um, really, I think you're, you're absolutely right. The book is fantastic. Build customer loyal by loyalty by looking at it as a gift. So thank, you know, Janelle, this has been great, okay? Um, for our listeners, we've been talking today to Janelle Barlow, PhD, and she's an award-winning speaker, trainer, consultant, and author who translates research into practical tools to improve customer service and complaint handling. And she's recently released her third edition of her bestseller, which has already sold more than 275,000 copies to date, and it's available on Amazon, and it's called A Complaint is a Gift, How to Learn from Critical Feedback and Recover Customer Loyalty. And she works, Janelle works with customer service representatives, managers, entire companies, both in the United States and internationally. And you can find out more about her work on her website under www.janellebarlow.com. And also she has a website, www.acomplaintisagift.com. And um, we've heard from Janelle today that she also has a, a workbook out there and has a new book coming up soon, 12 Best Practices. So please reach out to Janelle and you can keep up to her work on her website. So Janelle, once again, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Great information. Kimberly, thank you. This has been wonderful. It's really been great. And uh, listeners, thank you for listening in. And this broadcast has been brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. They hold virtual trainings, do conferences, market research, lead step white papers. And they also have a learning series on Thursdays at 1700 CET. And they hold conferences. And the next conference is at October 22nd to 25th in Porto, Portugal. Cinda also has a fantastic startup platform, Cinda for Startups, which has a free e-learning platform for founders and entrepreneurs, and it will take founders and entrepreneurs from idea to exit. So please go to www.cinda.org for more information on Cinda, and for access to the e-learning platform, go to www. Uh, cinda.org under cinda at startups and with that thank you so much for listening and please remember to tune in every tuesday 3 p.m specific time and if you miss us don't worry because we are on every major podcast platform and thank you today and until next week thank 
Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.